Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Last week I mentioned a phrase used by T.S. Eliot in the middle of his extraordinary that series of poems called The Four Quartets. And right in the centre of that poem, he uses the term significant soil. This is a poem by Henry Vaughan, who lived some 300 years before T.S. Eliot, talking about much the same thing. It's called The Incarnation and Passion. Lord, when thou didst thyself undress, laying by thy robes of glory, to make us more, thou wouldst be less and become a woeful story. To put on clouds instead of light and clothe the morning star with dust was a translation of such height as but in thee ne'er expressed. Brave worms and earth that thus could have a God enclosed within your cell, your maker pent up in a grave, life locked in death, heaven in a shell. Ah, my dear Lord, what couldst thou spy in this impure, rebellious clay that made thee thus resolve to die, and for those that kill thee every day? Oh, what strange wonders could thee move to slight thy precious blood and breath? Sure, it was love, my Lord, for love is only stronger far than death. Henry Vaughan in the 17th century. Encounter. I wonder if you can remember ever having a particular encounter with someone that stuck with you throughout your entire life. Can you think of a, someone or an event that just rings in your memory? Perhaps it was someone really important that you met. Perhaps someone in the royal family or perhaps a dignitary of some sort. Perhaps your future husband or wife might even have been listening to a piece of music or seeing a piece of art or perhaps watching an animal give birth for the first time. Something that touched your very being that stayed with you because it's changed you. These moments that occur in our lives form a kind of anchor, don't they? There's something that's so defined us that they've lodged themselves deep within our beings 
and to which occasionally we revert. Because they remind us of who we are and of what we've been through, of where we've come from, and therefore where we're going. In this story in Exodus, we're with Moses. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of Mount Sinai or perhaps even been there. It's an extraordinary mountain. Crags and pinnacles reaching far up, sheer cliffs rising high above you. A terrifying mountain just to look at. In the desert, that's where Moses took the Israelites and they camped at his feet. And God called to Moses to ascend that mountain. And up he went. And after six days of being on the mountain in the cloud, on the seventh day, God spoke to Moses. Now you'll be probably fed up with me going on about numbers, but everything that happens in the Bible, whenever a number is mentioned, a number is there in order to tell you something about what's going on. And seven, of course, is the number of God's rest. It's the seventh day of creation. So to talk about Moses being on the mountain in the clouds for six days and then God speaking on the seventh is to bring us into God's presence and into life, God's rest, where we are supposed to dwell. And it's on the seventh day that God then gives the commandments, the Ten Commandments, to Moses. It doesn't finish on the seventh day because Moses stays up there for 40 days and 40 nights and he gets a whole bunch of other stuff about temple worship, bronze altars, altar of incense, the design of the Ark of the Covenant and all the rest of it goes on over the next 40 days and 40 nights. But 40 is another number of significance. 40, of course, the number of days and nights that the rain fell in the flood of Noah. Moses is on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Israel was in the desert for 40 years. Jesus goes into the desert after his baptism for 40 days and 40 nights. It's a period of being in the wilderness. That's what that 40 means. It wasn't 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness for Moses, of course, because he was up in the mountain encountering God, but it was 40 days and 40 nights for everyone else who was down at the foot. And it was during those 40 days and 40 nights that the Israelites got kind of bored and decided to make themselves a golden calf to worship. Because, well, Moses is up there meeting his God, but where's ours? Well, you'll know that story. But it's to do with the encounter of what's going on with God and person. And in that Gospel reading, we have Jesus taking James, and John 
and Peter up onto the mountain and there a cloud comes down and God speaks out of the cloud. And Jesus is transfigured. It's an exact parallel of what's been going on on Mount Sinai, which is why the two readings have been given to us together today. If you will notice, the passage in Matthew, this transfiguration passage, begins six days later. There's that number again. This time it's six. But it's six days later. Six days later than what? Well, if you read what's gone on before, it's six days after nothing. It was kind of one day, and then there's a story about Jesus talking to his disciples, and then six days later. So the six days later isn't a reference to a particular date. It's again numbers. Six days later, of course, means the seventh day. So we're on another number seven, framed by the number six. Six is the number of creation, of humanity. It's the number that refers to us. We're made, along with all the animals, on the sixth day. And on the seventh, that's when we enter God's rest. So they're up on the mountain, and just for this briefest of moments, Jesus' glory is revealed as a cloud descends. And Peter, James, and John are utterly bewildered and confused. There's an encounter with Moses and Elijah. Who's that encounter for, I wonder? You see, Moses lived a thousand years before Jesus. And his encounter with God up on the mountain is now repeated and is here at this second encounter, a millennium later. Perhaps this is his first encounter with the Word of God in fleshly form that he was given in tablets of stone a thousand years before. Because, of course, the Word of God isn't written in stone or in words on a page. The Word of God is spoken by God himself and is Christ. What's going on in this encounter? Well, I think the key to it occurs in Exodus. In the chapter before the Ten Commandments are given, here we are in chapter 19 of Exodus, and slightly earlier in the same chapter, we have God calling Moses to come up the mountain. Why? Listen to this verse. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, says God. How I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy 
nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Brothers and sisters, that is who you are. You are God's Israel. You are called to be priests and God's holy nation. Priests of all creation. Those who stand in the gap between the created world and the creator, lifting it up to him. That is who you are. But what happened after that encounter? Well, for Moses, he came down the mountain and he was so enraged when he saw the golden calf that he threw the stone tablets down and they smashed. You'll remember the story. What happened when Jesus came down the mountain? Well, Peter, James and John were so terrified that they, as it were, fainted. And Jesus came and he touched them and woke them up. And when they looked up, they saw Nothing. Everything had gone. No clouds, no light, no Moses, no Elijah. Had it happened? There was just Jesus in his ordinary, dirty clothes. Had it happened? Peter, in his letter, writing a few decades later, says, we were there. Hold on to that, we were there because that moment shines like a candle in the darkness. We're back to this moment of encounter. That moment in our memories that defines us, that we carry with us into the places of darkness, that reminds us of who we are. We're just about to enter Lent. 40 days and 40 nights in the desert with our Lord. It will be hard, it will be dark, it will be a lonely place. But remember, Christ is with you, like a candle. You are never alone. You are a holy people. You are God's chosen. So go into the Lenten desert, remembering that you are there with God, for God, and for the whole of creation that you carry in your very bones to the throne of grace. Amen.